This is the mugpunters.com.au podcast for Thursday the 12th of April 2018. And in our breaking news headlines this week... Eight Cameroon athletes have gone missing from the Athletes' Village at the Commonwealth Games, with officials dumbfounded as to what could possibly be going on. Given dozen of, dozens of athletes and officials from Cameroon overstayed their visas or applied for asylum following the Melbourne 2006 Com Games and Sydney 2000 Olympics, I'd say this was more like the surprise you get after opening a bottle of Coke after shaking it rigorously, rather than the surprise you get when you win an instant scratchy. <laughs> In the NRL, and heavy shots have been fired between coaches, with Wayne Bennett suggesting that Newcastle coach Nathan Brown unbuilt all his hard work before rebuilding the club. Here at Mud Punters, we were shocked to hear Brown respond with comments that Bennett had slept with a night's staff member during his tenure. I mean, seriously, Wayne Bennett got laid in Newcastle? Brownie should be celebrating the fact there is hope for us all when a 70-year-old with the personality of a used truck tyre and is hardly ever acknowledged as the best-looking bloke in the room, let's be honest, gets used for his own little todger. Well done, Bennett. Got him. And to the AFL, where Essendon defender Connor McKenna will miss three matches after a bizarre incident where he was seen biting the neck of Western Bulldogs forward Tory Dixon during the side's clash on Sunday. Not even character witnesses Robert Pattinson, Wesley Snipes or Count Dracula himself <laughs> seemed to help McKenna's cause and the Irish speedster was last seen heading back to his cave to hang upside down. Oh yes, that's yeah. a quality intro once again. Yeah. There you go. Happy days. Hello, my name is PK, everybody. Welcome to the Mug Punters Podcast. If you've got something you want us to cover on the show, remember you can tweet us at Mug Punters Pod or comment on our weekly show link by searching for Mud Punters Podcast on Facebook. And as I always say, if you haven't already hit one of those huge subscribe buttons on the website. And this week, I am joined in a studio somewhere, some way off by Mr. Bartz. G'day, sir. G'day, mate. Great intro there. How's things? Thank you. Uh, look, I couldn't be more excited with the Com Games, my friend. Malawi beating New Zealand in the netball, India beating Malaysia in the mixed badminton, and Basil Zemplis beating himself in the back <laughs> of the Channel 7 commentary box in unconfirmed reports. <laughs> what could be better, my friend? Gold, 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 PK. All I can say, though, is if you take the Americans and Chinese out of competition, geez, we can bloody swim well down under, can't we? You would swear we're a sporting powerhouse the way the media is kissing our athletes' back passages this week. Brendan Stark, the brother of Mitch, did his best to take the heat off the Aussie cricket team by winning gold in a high jump. The Campbell Soup sisters have won more gold medals than Major General William Throsby Bridges did back in World War I. The Aussies' tally now stands at 57 gold medals, boys. A terrific effort. But it's the gold tally of the Indians that has me a little concerned here. Mm. 1.3 billion people, and with no Mm. cricket in the Com Games, they only have the 12. Why are they so average at sport? Pretty sure if you remove shooting, that takes that tally back to about one. Um, And we all know, I don't know what it is. It's because they've got the athletic ability of uh, pool comp at the pub. Like, what's, what's doing there? I'm not quite sure. I can't comment on that. But we maybe the man who can comment is this man, the man yeah. who does, denies responsibility as Israel Folau's social media advisor. Hello, Mr. Mills. Ah, g'day, boys. How's things? Excellent, sir. Hey, What's been going on? 
Oh, well, look, uh, there's unfortunately, boys, there's going to be very little witty banter or sparkling repartee for me on the pod this week. Oh, no. uh, I'm, I'm coming out of retirement this afternoon on the golf course, would you believe? And I'm a little bit distracted by that. <laughs> so at the risk of rehashing an already used joke, let's make like Ferrari mechanic Francesco Cigarini, who had his <laughs> leg broken in two places in a pit stop accident at Bahrain oh. last weekend, oh. and make this podcast extra snappy. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Well done. Let's get into it. The Mud Punters' previous punting payouts. Well, previous punting payouts, Bart, did you get the chocolates last week? <laughs> sure didn't, boys. Brendan Grace <laughs> finished a tyre for 23rd or something, I believe, uh, which obviously doesn't return a penny. Um, and that was my only pun for the week. And the way I've been running of late, it's a blessing to you all, and you're all welcome. Mr. Mills, please tell us you fared better. No, oh, I do not know what's going on, boys, but uh, I was no good with zero collects oh. on oh. any of the Group 1 races last weekend. And... My worthwhile wager in Kementari, well, he didn't get a lot of room in the straight when a well-beaten favourite in the Doncaster, although he was probably a beaten horse at the time. So, Pete, it's back to the drawing board. Yeah, well, Mm. hopefully we can find something this week, gents. uh, I I had a nice little NRL multi last week. Got the Dragons and the Warriors up with that one, so that was a nice Nice. little collect. Uh, And my selection of picking any Aussie to win gold in the Commonwealth Games seems exceptionally profitable at this stage with, as you said, (laughs) even... Even Mitchell Stark's brother getting in the mix in the high jump. Who who figured that one? Uh, but I did I did go figure go one week early on my worthwhile weekly wager with the world champ Peter Sagan getting up in Paris Roubaix a week after oh. I backed him in another spring mm. classic. Typical mug punting action, boys. <laughs> Let's get into it. And there is only one way to start this week in sport. All I do is winks, winks, winks. No matter what. $4 million on the line this week, Mr. Mills. Winks looking to break all kinds of records. What's the yeah. Supermare been up to? Absolutely, Pete. Going around again in the Group 1 Queen Elizabeth Stakes. And mm. But uh, memories just flooding back from 12 months ago when you and I were there on track to see the Great Mare get the job done. Now, she's already the world record holder, of course, for Group 1 victories at 17, but is now mm. bidding to match Black Caviar with those 25 wins in a row. And wow. one tab punter, boys, Massive. has total confidence in Winks getting her 25th straight race mm. by placing more than $124,000 on her on Saturday at what? $1.18. Now, yeah, this is the same punter, would you believe, that's placed wages of 108000 and 114,000 on of this campaign, but at very short odds, of course, for a profit of just shy of 18,000. But at the generous dollar mm. 18, he'll be collecting more than 22,000 if she wins again on Saturday. So, look, uh, the wow. other, uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I'd be going uh, there, but uh, this punter obviously super confident. And, uh, boys, the other big story from last week was, of course, that Hugh Bowman uh, had gone missing, mm. uh, reporting, uh, you know, that he was suffering from a, a virus after mm. getting over that uh, earlier concussion. And, look, if there were any concerns about the cognitive prowess of Hugh Bowman uh, coming back to racing yesterday, well, they were blown away at Warwick Farm because he had 
four rides mm. for two winners and two mm. minor placings. So I'm going to say Hughes back, Winx is ready to go, and I just can't wait till Saturday. That's the Winx watch. Can I just Ripper. ask you, Mr. Mills, before we wrap up, uh, our friendly punter who's back to Winks this weekend in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, did, did he use his multiplier at all? What, what did he get? <laughs> good question. Uh, not sure. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Good. <laughs> all right, and now we move on to the NRL. And uh, I'm hoping, Mr. Mills, that you've got some markets somewhat mm. ready to go there for the NRL this week. Uh, have you got mm. any of those in front of you? Of course, mate. I've always got the NRL markets in front of me. I'm fascinated <laughs> by that sport. <laughs> and the other thing is, if, if if listeners don't know, Mr. Mills actually sits inside a darkened room with 403 monitors just covering mm. the prices on every sport and every market around <laughs> the face of the planet. So not surprising he's got the NRL ready to go there. And let's kick it off this weekend tonight with the Rooters taking on the Rabbits. And they're short, boys. The Roosters $1.35. The Rabbitohs $3.25. Yeah, mm. Roosters unchanged, boys. And uh, I think the Rabbitohs are going to be without Cam Murray, with, uh, who's been ruled out with a hamstring injury. He's been really good for them. Roosters way too strong, PK. It's like last time I saw Mills putting together some IKEA furniture when you think about the Roosters. It started a bit ordinary, but it seems they've located the instructions and it's all systems go now and they're going to put together a <laughs> lovely piece of buffet and hutch furniture. <laughs> so the Rooters for mine. Then we've got the Storm down there in Melbourne with the wobbly boot on taking on the Knights. Mm, and it's the uh, Witness Vikings 370 Hull FC. <laughs> oh, sorry, boys, I've got the wrong feed there. Very good. Uh, back to the NRL. It's the Storm thirty. The Knights, well, they're going all right this season, aren't they, boys? 365. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think the Knights are okay value there, boys. Um, the the Stormer without Brody Croft, who's been dropped, he's been playing ordinary. Mm. Riley Jacks comes in the halfback there. The Knights lose Mitch Barnett, who accepted a one-week suspension. So SES will move um, from prop to lock, and Daniel Safidi will start. So I think the Knights are a, a sniff there at the price. Okay, let me ask you this, Bartz. Are the Storm the real deal this season? I don't know, PK. It's um, They're going to have to work out that half situation, and until they do, it's hard to see them going all the way, isn't it? I can't. Not at this stage. Not on the form they're at at the moment. They've been very ordinary, and it looks like teams like the Tigers have found some weakness spots, and it's just up to other clubs whether they can spot them as well. So, uh, look, you know, you've got to take the Storm in tipping comps, but there's, you know, there's no value for the Knights in a tipping comp, but there's plenty of value if you want to have a little tickle with a punt on the game. That seems massive overs for mine. Anyway, the Dragons, with their repeat visit to take on the Sharkies. They're $1.52, Pete. Uh, the Sharks, mm. outsiders, two sixty. Mm. Yeah, Josh Hulley, Dugan returns at centre. Uh, Matt Moylan's going to hold on to that fullback spot. And Trent Hodgkinson's still at 5'8", but I don't think it's going to matter. I'm, I'm massively on uh, the Doctors' Dragons train here. I think they're um, just in outstanding form. And until they start to falter, I'm going to ride them all the way. Sharky's reminding me of my university drinking days. Just when you think they're done with the hangovers, they wake up the following weekend all excited to play again just to get beaten <laughs> up and to lose. Um, look, Dragons for mine. Warriors against the Boncos, Mr. Mills. Well, if, if uh, Bart's on the Dragons train, he's got to be on the 4 o'clock uh, to Dunedin here with the New Zealand Warriors, <laughs> $1.50, the Broncos, two sixty-five. Yeah, the Warriors unchanged from that impressive performance mm. over the Cowboys. Um, as you know, I hate the Broncos. 
Go the Warriors. The Warriors, the Warriors have been more impressive than Wayne Bennett's little head during his tenure at Newcastle. And, and just like Wayne's <laughs> little head, I think the Warriors can get the job done here too. Wayne Bennett got laid in Newcastle? I just, I just don't get it anyway. Cowboys versus the Bulldogs, Mr. Mills. Uh, very short here, the Cowboys. thirty. the Bulldogs, well, I don't know. Are they, are they got anything to offer this season? Three sixty-five. Mm. Yeah, I don't think they've got anything at all to offer, Mr. Mills. The Cowboys, welcome back. Uh, fullback Lachlan Coote. Uh, ben Hampton will move to the centres there. Um, yeah, the, the Dogs. Kieran Foran's come into that team and we're expecting big things and they're, they're playing ordinary football. So, mm. Cowboys shoe-ins at home. It's like a hooker with an overdue Vodafone bill for mine. The uh, the cows, they'll be desperate to get the job done here, and I think they can against a pretty weak Bulldogs team. Anyway, uh, mm. Raiders taking on the Eels. Mm, it's the Raiders. Uh, gee, there's a bit of a trend here uh, for f- relatively short favourites this weekend. Mm. $1.62, the Parramatta Eels... Where have they gone? 235. Wow. Yeah, Parra have been terrible, but they welcome back the king this week. Clint Gutherson uh, has his first game of the year. He's moved back in a fullback role. Bevan French to the wing. Um, the Raiders have got Jack Whiten back in the team. That'll make a big difference. And they've recorded Blake Austin to the Haas from Sam Williams, who's out with a knee injury. Um, I'm going the upset here. I know the Eels haven't been able to beat anyone, but I think with King Gutho back at fullback, I think they can get the job done at that price. Look, maybe that's their only chance. How awful can things get for Parramatta before they start getting better, Barts? Like, Mm. where does their season finish now? Are they even going to make the eight from this point? I do not know. It's going to be pushing crap up a hill, that's for sure. So I'll take the Raiders at home in a tipping comp, but no enthusiasm whatsoever. Uh, Panthers versus Titans. Oh, sorry, boys. I uh, was just distracted. I was just looking at the men's 25-metre rapid-fire pistol shoot market at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, it's Penrith, a, as short as $1.40, would you believe? The Titans just about nudging $3. The Titans have overachieved massively so far this year. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, Ash Taylor's a sensational foot footballer, as we know. Um, I just I don't like that market at all. I think the Titans are probably value, but in the tipping comps, PK, I'm guessing you think the Panthers are probably a good thing at home. Yeah, same, same. Panthers at home, still no clear, no Cleary, but I mean you can't tip against them this week. It's just anyway, there's no value there. Uh, yep. Manly versus the Tigers, last one of the weekend, Mister Mills. And it's uh, the Sea Eagles, a dollar sixty-seven. The Tigers, 2.25. This is actually a cracker of a game of football. Tom Turbo's back um, from that ankle injury this week, which will boost Manly's chances. The West Tigers, greatest overachievers of all time. That oh, yeah. back row of Chris Lawrence, Robbie Rocco, and Matthew Eisenhuth is, <laughs> is, is just a, is, it's like an unknown quantity. They're, just, um, they're, they're playing outstanding football. I, mm. I'm just on the West Tigers train. I've just got to keep backing them to win by you know, two to four points. They just keep grinding out these games, PK. I said it before. They've had the world's toughest draw in the first five rounds. I mean, the Tigers can consider themselves unlucky not to be leading the comp after that debacle against the Broncos as well. Mm. What a test for them here. I mean, will they use the mother-in-law dinner conversation tactic of trying to bore the Sea Eagles into submission. I don't know. But look, again, there's no value about that game whatsoever. You've probably got to take Manly at home in your tipping comps, but why, oh, why? Uh, if it was later in the year, you'd love to be backing the Tigers to try and get that upset mm. for the week. But uh, you know what? It's a bizarre week of rugby league in that a lot of those short price favourites are a little bit too short, in my opinion. <laughs> 
But we do move on, and aside from the Queen Elizabeth stakes with a lazy four million bucks, we do have another four million dollars up for grabs in Group One races mm. this weekend. And with all these Group One races going on, Mr. Mills, you've been busier than a bank employee at three fifty-nine <laughs> p.m. rushing to get the doors closed. Uh, with a lot less money in the till, let me tell you, boys. But yeah, as you say, four Group One races on Saturday. And uh, shall we get stuck in? Why don't we with the Australian Oaks, my friend? Mm. And I'm sticking here with, uh, well, I'm choosing number four, Savvy Coup. Now, for better or for worse, I'm I'm sticking with these New Zealand Raiders because they've just got to get something out of this autumn carnival, I think. Now, Savvy Coup, not seen since she was a solid winner of the New Zealand Oaks boys four weeks ago. And, of course, that means she's following an identical path to Bonneval, which was an impressive victor of this race last season. And Sophia Rosa, who won two years ago after just missing in the Oaks across the Dutch. Uh, now, I don't love that the visiting jockey, uh, Johnson, I think his name is, stays on board. But from an inside alley, how hard could it be, boys, to just bounce out midfield or better and follow the field around at a spacious Ramwick? So... At $8, I think she'll give us a good sight there. That's Ramwick on Saturday, race six, the Oaks, number four, Savvy Coo. And race seven coming early on the card is the Queen Elizabeth Mm. Stakes. Obviously, Wink's very short there. But uh, what about something for the uh, multi-backers in that race, Mr. Mills? Are you going to go with uh, Humidor, Galo Chop, Happy Clapper? Where are you looking? Well, I, I do want to touch on Wink's here just briefly, Pete, because... I think the dollar eighteen. Uh, that's that's the longest she's been in quite some time, and it probably represents that she won't get this, you know, absolutely handed to her, especially mm. from barrier ten of ten. Mm. If the likes of Galo Chop or, or Classic Uniform, you know, get to the lead and then drop anchor, um, she's going to have to start a run early while potentially circling the entire field from the tail. So, mm. on a track that might be just on the better side of a good four, which doesn't necessarily suit Winks perfectly. I'm just a shade nervous. So uh, it's a watch and cheer, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, probably a little more concerned about it getting beaten than usual. And for that reason, I think uh, Galo Chop back to the 2000 and potentially getting that soft lead can kick on and uh, make it really interesting. But, of course, you've got some uh, some uh, international raiders as well who uh, could potentially run a race. So, um, yeah, just uh, need to keep an eye on that one. All right. And then race eight is the uh, Sydney Cup. And it's a good little field here in the, the Sydney Cup. And I, I know Bart will be mm. looking for a few dollars each way on La Squirty Spirit at 126. But that's <laughs> oh, probably not where your money's going. <laughs> no, Pete, absolutely not. Look... <laughs> Look, uh, I've got one here in the form of number six, Prestwick. Now, this is a bit complicated. He was known as Prestwick back home in Japan, but because of some naming issues, they've had to change the name from the race here and quite uncreatively. Uh, is that like saying unbilt? I'm not sure, but uh, they've, they've just come up with Prestwick. So uh, go sure. figure. But look... Boys, given what we've seen from these Japanese raiders in Australia over the past decade or so, I mean, who's to say he can't run a mighty race? He, now, he's been around the mark in against good international stayers like Fame Game and Albert in recent starts. He goes well off freshen up, so the eight weeks between runs doesn't look a factor, at least for me. 
and he gets superstar jockey Joe Marrera on board. Mm. And he's, of course, desperate to break an Australian feature race losing streak that's gone yeah. on for a while. Now, word from the quarantine centre at Canterbury is that Priestwick is working very well, so surely at $13, we have to have a crack. $13 sounds like an absolute Christmas gift for mine. Get on, my friends. And then the final group one of the day, race nine, the Coolmore Mm. Legacy Queen of the Turf turf over a Mm. mile. Yeah, a huge field of uh, fillies and mares going around. And it's uh, $5.50 the field, which just indicates the competitiveness competitiveness of this race so i'm not keen to get overly involved but we'll stick with number two fox play uh last year's narrow winner mm. but financially bart it was very beneficial to you and me i remember uh, well and, yeah and she hasn't done too much wrong has she in three starts back from a spell she's she's got some options from a middle draw uh, but i'm expecting her to land midfield or perhaps a shade better with a nice suck along behind what looks like strong speed so Jockey Karen McAvoy, he's going very well at the moment, so we'll stick strong at around the $8 mark. Oh, That's yeah, Ramwick on Saturday, race nine, the Coolmore, number two, Fox Play. Outstanding. <laughs> and, boys, I know we've had some classic, uh, well, we haven't actually had any tips whatsoever for the Commonwealth Games, <laughs> but, Mr Mills, you did bring up a few days ago, I got a message from you uh, when the men's road race, sorry, the men's, Time trial on the road was underway, and you messaged that there was some classic time trialing going on. Can you t- share with the listeners w- what you saw that was so spectacular in that event? Oh, look, boys, I I don't want to sound condescending, but honestly, <laughs> I, I'm I'm wondering if some of those athletes hadn't even seen a bicycle until the day before <laughs> the event. Uh, you know, surely even uh, the riders from the Seychelles or Barbados uh, at least get a pair of like um, tough, tough wheels on their bikes. Come on. <laughs> but um, I was just so relieved when I saw Australian Cameron Meyer take to the starting gates because it meant that we were going to see some quality athleticism out there. And of course, he blew them away, didn't he? Well, Here's a question for you, and this is actually a legitimate question, Bart. Some of the slowest riders in that time trial have finished the 38-kilometre course uh, in roughly about three hours and ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm wondering, if you pulled out the old Malvin star, could you have given that a shake? It, I flicked over when I got that message as well, and all I've seen was guys doing the zigzag like they were riding up Kirklock Close from your childhood home, PK. Mm. Steep hill. It's like you're not a professional rider if you have to do the zigzag to get up a hill, eh? It's a joke. Or, or get off the bike and push. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and they wonder why some of these Cameroonian athletes have gone missing. What do you mean they weren't out here as legitimate competitors? I, what a surprise that and a shock that comes for absolutely everyone. The Mud Punters Worthwhile Wager of the Week. Uh, let's try and make the punters some money, hey gents. Sparts, have you got some cash for the punters? Hopefully. I'm going to take a two-leg multi this week, boys. First sure. up, we head to Western Australia for the Margaret River Pro Surfing event. And we're going to go to the first round, heat number four, and it pits Evoca Beach's own Wade Carmichael and Ballina's Mikey Wright against the best surfer on planet Earth. It's a first round heat, so anything is possible, but the two young Aussies are just completely outmatched by John John Florence here. 
I would have expected John John to come up at winks like odds. So the dollar sixty I've seen about uh, oh, John John here's massive overs, and I'm on mm. it like white on rice. The other event I'm going to come for is the men's 800 meter final uh, in the Commonwealth Games. The uh, two Aussies are actually getting a start, but it's middle distance running, so we can quickly ignore both their chances <laughs> yep. and take the Boswanian Nigel Amos. <laughs> who is an Olympic mm. silver medalist and holds the third fastest time ever over the trip. Mm. Uh, he won't have it all his own way, though, with the Kenyan Wycliffe Kinyamal. Shorter push him, but class should prevail here, and the dollar thirty is all I need to get on board. Uh, you can buy in those two. It'll give you odds of $2 something. Um, should be fairly safe, boys. Get amongst it. Mr. Mills. All right, boys. We're going racing, and we're back yes. to Ramwick nice. in the form of race five, number one, Viridine. Now... This oh, is yes. a high-class sprinter, boys, and he's been set for this race. And why wouldn't you when uh, this particular event, the Arrowfield three-year-old sprint, has prize money of $600,000. Now, hmm. he's dropping back to his own age group after beating, being beaten three lengths first up behind back and Red Cell and less than two lengths last start in the Group 1 Galaxy. That looks great form to me. 1,200 metres up the testing, Ramwick Rise is ideal. And I think we can pretty much confirm that Hugh Bowman is back to 100% after returning from illness. So there's no other jock that I want to have on board my runners on Saturday. At $3.50, but firming boys, that looks juicy. I say load up and perhaps even consider going early to snap up the best price. That's Ramwick on Saturday, race five, number one, Viridine. What are your thoughts, Mr. Mills? Marrera, like you said, he's on a bit of a duck out here lately with the features, Mm. but... uh, He's riding plenty at Randwick this weekend. Are you going to follow him in on any? Oh, well, I feel like he's due. And uh, as I say, I'm just hoping that it's uh, on uh, the right horse in the form of that uh, Japanese raider in Priestwick. So, fingers crossed. All right, we'll take a look at that. Boys, uh, I've got a little multi, somewhat like Bart's, just looking for around an even money collect, but just something to give us some interest. The Commonwealth Games, the Women's Rugby mm. Sevens kick off in the next couple of days. Australia, nice. they're very short at $1.70, but let's be honest, they basically only need to beat New Zealand in that match, and they've got their measure. So $1.70 seems fairly generous. And let's multi that into Winks in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, just so that we can cheer the Super Mayor around the track. Even money, boys, seems like a good go for me. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of our 26-minute uh, podcast. So, Bart, <laughs> it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure, PK. And I can report to you guys that Twitter is in overdrive. I've already taken plenty of stick on social media about my opening comments on the mm. Indian performance in the con game. So... I just want to quickly apologise if I've offended anyone. Now, moving right along, I think I'll finish with a joke this week, to, boys, to lighten the mood. Um, what's the difference between an Indian woman and a cricket bat? <laughs> I don't know. Uh... What is it? Okay. Mm. Thanks for that, Bart. Uh, we won't be joined by Bart's next week, but uh, no. maybe Mr Mills, you'll be In back. Jail. Uh, yeah, I hope to be back, uh, boys, if we've not been pulled off the air by some sort of uh, uh, regulator that doesn't apply to us. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, as I say, no jokes or sparkling banter to end the podcast. So something about David Beckham being volatile. Um, thanks, guys. 
Absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Huge weekend of racing. Can't wait for Queen Elizabeth Stakes Day on Saturday. It's going to be massive. Uh, Commonwealth Games, it's been enjoyable to watch some of those events, you've got to say. And the lady knows what to do at the end. Just subscribe and share and do all that kind of stuff, and we'll catch you next week. See you, everyone. Subscribe to the podcast right now at mugpunters.com.au and search for Mug Punters Podcast on Twitter and Facebook.